0: You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: We're going to start this thing off right. Raiders! Raider! Everything runs through love. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks or Locked On Texas Tech, depending on who you are and why you're listening to this. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks or the Red Raiders today as we've got a special Locked On crossover episode. So, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked College for $20 off your first purchase so special episode of the show today i'm spencer mclaughlin locked on ducks that is chris level locked on texas tech we spoke before the season getting to talk now leading up to what i still anticipate will be an exciting game and you know from the time i saw this game on the schedule chris i felt that for oregon that was going to define whether or not they could reach the college football playoff because the pac-12 is so darn tough I don't see them going unbeaten in league play. No one's done it before. I don't think this is the year to do it, given how strong the league is looking. So, if they're going to get to the playoff, they would have to be, in my view, a one loss Pac 12 champion. And that means they can't lose this game to Texas Tech. And I know that they're, you know, kind of in wounded animal mode after that. An unfortunate occurrence in in Wyoming last weekend, but this is still a Tech team that Oregon has to take very seriously, and that is still what what is on the line there. How do you see it from from Texas Tech's perspective going into this game?
2: Yeah, Spencer, I, I think uh, obviously Texas Tech stumbles out of the block. I mean, I think they didn't they didn't stumble out of the block in the game versus Wyoming, but they just uh, the result wasn't uh, what you because you're up seventeen to nothing. And I'm thinking this is kind of what we thought we'd see. And then it just stopped. Um, and you, you get out of there with a close loss in overtime. And I think there's, there's some embarrassment. There was kind of some shock uh, the way that that thing, you know, played out. And I think that, yeah, there, there's a lot of kind of soul searching and, cause I think they, they, they really felt like they had a, a good team that were, they were going to put their best foot forward out of the gate that did not happen. And so now I think what's on the line is is like you you you're trying to get some traction here. You're trying to because you the scary thing about the game for Texas Tech is you could you could play pretty well and still end up starting out the season zero and two. And I think that's you know because I think a lot of people there was a lot of dark horse talk, a lot of you know that they're they're a Big Twelve title contender, but there's also a lot of doubts too. This is a Vegas had this team is seven and a half wins over under total you weren't ranked in the AP top 25 to start the season so for as much chatter as how good they were there was a lot of doubts too and and a lot of data that suggested ah they're still going to be just kind of above average so I think a lot on the line for Texas Tech I mean it's not college football playoff hopes when you when you lose to Oregon or anything like that I mean when you lose to Wyoming excuse me but I think for Oregon, yeah, you're probably right. It's it's like okay, we have gotta win this one, uh, or or it takes us out of those conversations.
1: Two tidbits that ha- have been making me resistant to the notion that some Oregon fans have, you know, kind of bought into, which is, oh well, if they lost to Wyoming, certainly they're going <laughs> to lose to the, lose to the Ducks, and it's not going to be close, and everything. Two two tidbits on that front. Number one. I've brought this up on on the show before, but Oregon in 2021 lost to a 3-9 Stanford team, also beat Ohio State on the road. Same team, same season, couple weeks apart. There are peaks and valleys, and the great teams have their valleys still result in wins. And maybe in the case of like a Georgia or you know, Alabama some years, those valleys are just less dominant wins than what they are uh, accustomed to. That's what great teams and programs do. But no team plays their best football every week. That was not the best version of football, I think, that Texas Tech is going to play in, in 2023. And another good example is Utah. 2021, same year, they began the season 1 and 2. They lost, and this will provide some hope to Texas Tech fans, they lost a triple overtime thriller, to San Diego State in the non-conference. They were a 1-2 and football team. They ended up winning the Pac-12 that year, thumping Oregon twice in a two-week span. So it was not what the Red Raiders were hoping for. It's not what I expected to see from them, for sure. But in no way, Chris, do I feel that this is now just a giant mismatch between one team that won 81-7 against an FCS opponent in Portland State and one team that blew a 17 to nothing lead on the road against Wyoming. Yeah, you
2: know, and, and unfortunately for Texas Tech, th- this is a fan base that's been tortured by, you know, back when Spike Dykes, you know, uh, Sonny Dykes' dad was the coach here, y- you were notorious for one week you lose to North Texas, little old school up in Denton, right outside the Metroplex. You lose to them on your home turf, and then the fifth ranked AM would show up on your field, and you're thinking, Well, this isn't going to go up, well. and then you pull it off and win. <laughs> yeah, it's like I say this all the time, it's like I know what you're capable of, but I also know what you're capable of, and so, like, what well, you know, and like, you're right, there's very few teams that even that out and, and like survive all the tests, and you know, because I think tech fans have kind of taken they, they've looked at the Kansas States and the Iowa States of, of the league in the last, you know, say five or six years. Cause I mean, Kansas state won the big 12 last year and played Bama on new year's day and they lost the the opening game to Tulane at home. Now granted Tulane ended up being very good last year, but the point still stands in that. And I think, you know, Iowa state's done some of these same things when Matt Campbell had that thing rolling that they would just slow out of the gate. But this was just, I don't know. I, I I still can't get a grasp of why they went from fifth gear and then just downshifted to first and were that way for about two and a half quarters till they there was this sense of urgency. They just kind of and, and credit to Wyoming. I mean, they, they they were not more talented than you, but they executed better. They were more disciplined than you. I think that's what Coach McGuire was very frustrated about, and that one was the just some of the dumb penalties that you had and like undisciplined on the defensive side, hitting the quarterback when he's out of bounds, illegal hands to the face, which was just dumb and negates an interception. You know, any one of these things could have turned it. And then you had a field goal kicker that that missed a few kicks that should have been fairly easy makes. And so, you know, but again, this is what a loser says when you talk about all these little things like if if we'd have done that, we could have done this. You know, maybe you'd get a different result, but that's not what happens. But uh, yeah, I, I expect this to be a fun home crowd. I think you know, if you're Tech, you can get a lot of the doubt back and erased if you get a win here, and you can kind of get a fresh start on it. Whereas if you don't it's like what we bought into this deal and you're owing two guys you know like what's the what's the deal like I, I we bought into this thing for for no good reason even though you haven't played a conference game yet you know it, all your all your your realistic goals are still attainable to your point about utah a utah while ago
1: yeah, it's it's a long season. It's also a short season because it always ends quicker than than we'd like it to. And the off season feels longer than ever with all the, the, the realignment stuff and, and whatnot. But it really is nice to just be talking about uh, honest to goodness football <laughs> here because I, yeah, yeah, the other stuff. Yeah, you're a
2: you know, big 10-bound. Kudos. I,
1: I know. I try to bring it up as infrequently as possible, we'll having all an entire off season to. To talk about all, all that nonsense and craziness but we'll be seeing maybe some craziness maybe some nonsense maybe some straightforward football on, on saturday but it should be i think a good competitive game and, and again vegas feels the same way like they moved the line from oregon minus three to oregon minus six and a half but notice that didn't suddenly jump to Oregon minus 14, Oregon minus 15 or, you know, something in the double digits on the road. So uh, the betting markets like Oregon to win the game, but I don't think that it's going to be easy. And I think Texas Tech will have an element of kind of playing with their hair on fire, something to prove and wanting to, you know, reassure their, their fans and everybody and uh, their coaching staff and themselves that, hey, we, we are better than than what we showed in uh, week one. What will define week one? or week two, rather, the first matchup
0: uh, of the next two years between Oregon and Texas Tech. First, today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new hire can feel like a huge gamble. And when we're talking about your livelihood or your business. That's not ideal, but never fear. That's where LinkedIn comes in to save the day by helping you find the best qualified candidates available fast and for free all on one easy to use and secure platform. So head on over right now to linkedin.com slash locked on college to take advantage of their simple, but specific targeting tools, allowing you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to consider. They go well beyond just resume data by using insights from your job posts and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates faster than anybody else. So go to linkedin.com slash locked on college today to identify the most qualified candidates and connect with them fast and for free. A bad hire could sink your ship, but just the right hire could take your business to new heights this year. And that's just one reason why it's no coincidence that small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So head on over right now to linkedin.com slash locked on on college and post your job for free today it's so easy a pac-12 commissioner could do it at linkedin.com slash locked on college to post that job for free today with linkedin jobs terms and conditions apply
1: for all the texas tech fans listening or watching out there that is what i call the second segment sip
2: You did did this last time. Chris, yep. Chris, Chris
1: has remembered because his memory is sharp as a whip, and (laughs) that is so that I can give you the best show uh, possible here. Let's get into some stats, expectations, and then we'll get into player matchups as well as the game goes along. What is this Texas Tech team? What do they want to do offensively, and what are kind of the numbers that? if I told you right now they have a lot of success in would make you feel good about their chances to win the football game?
2: Well, I, I think, you know, in the opener, you had, you averaged 2.8 yards per carry. I think Oregon's was a bit better than that. It was a tad.
1: Did. It was a, it yeah. was a smidgen higher. Bucky <laughs> yeah. Irving was at about 29.8 yards per yeah. carry by himself.
2: So if, if it's, if it's hovering around three yards per carry, not gonna, not gonna go well. Um, And, and, and I would say like, that number needs to be much higher for Tech and much lower for Oregon, based on the opening game, uh, or you're that, That's been one of the Achilles' heels, I think, for for Texas Tech in the last couple of years is just like busting off a long run. I know Oregon kind of lives off of this, but for whatever reason, whether it's it's scheme or the or the player in Taj Brooks, or last year it was Sir Roderick Thompson, now it's Taj Brooks and Cameron Valdez that can make you miss in space you got to make it easier on the play caller and, and on the, on the, the drive, you know, just to score from distance a bit, you know, and, 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 and make, uh you know, make everybody else uh, at ease by being able to, to put some, some chunk plays together. They were not able to do that. I mean, their long run on Saturday was Tyler Shuck with 12 yards and that, you know, that's just not winning football. And, I think uh, there's some reasons for that, but I think that's something that I'll be paying attention to. If 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 you don't if you don't have some you know a better run game and just some explosives in there, I think you're going to have a hard time uh, on Saturday. You know, keeping up, if you will. Now, Tech's offense, you know, averaged about 20 points more a game at home last year than they did on the road, for whatever it's worth. Um, and those wins. You know, you beat Texas at home, you beat Oklahoma at home, and you you scored quite a bit in those games. One of those went to overtime. And so for whatever reason, whether the, the the track is faster or you just play better or you execute better, I don't know. But I would expect them to be much better on offense. But there's no guarantees here. But, yeah, that yards per rush uh, certainly needs to be better. How about, how about you, Spencer? What for Oregon are you looking at?
1: Yeah, I, I'd say it starts defensively. And Texas Tech, as uh, you know, Chris, Oregon fans may not are – Uh, rolling out kind of an air raid style of offense that they want to throw the football. And, you know, we've definitely seen that more than a few times in the pack over over the years. And, you know, Oregon defensively last year was not where um, I expected them to be, not where we wanted them to be and not where they needed to be for Oregon to be at their best. And that's kind of what we're looking for here in week two is how much better is the defense than than last year? Because on paper, it has improved your personnel has improved compared to a season ago. But does that translate to on the field? And one of the biggest areas is getting after the quarterback. And, you know, our, our old pal Tyler Shuck will be throwing the ball plenty. 47 passing attempts, uh, I believe, on, on Saturday against Wyoming. The Cowboys have three sacks, and um, I, I didn't see anything about their pressure rate in that game. But for, for Oregon, they've got to be able to create pressure and, and, and drop Tyler Shuck and create sacks and, and maybe get a turnover or two in there as well. That's the biggest thing I'm looking for because Michael Penix Jr. last year, now granted that's you know one of the best quarterbacks in the country and going to be probably a first-round pick in the NFL draft, but he went into Autzen Stadium in 2022 – against an Oregon defense that had a lot of different faces than this one, but certainly some similar faces as well. And the same coaching staff for the most part, save for Chris Hampton, our new co-defensive coordinator, co- coordinator after Matt Palage, uh left that job to go, to go to Baylor, Michael Penix came into Autzen Stadium and in a place where Oregon has been really hard to beat, he put up over 400 yards of passing. And we saw what happens when you can't get pressure on a quarterback in a prolific passing offense and Tyler Shuck went for 338 yards and I think three scores last week on, on 47 passing attempts completed 31 of those throws he is going to be able to complete passes move the ball down the field if Oregon can't get pressure so if you tell me right now Oregon can get four or five sacks in the in this game yeah i'd feel really really good about where they are and just offensively on the other side of the ball i think it's about bo nicks and just protecting the football on the road don't give the crowd an opportunity to get into the game i think oregon's offensive line is good their weapons are great bo nicks is really good I, i don't have that many concerns there for me it comes you know on on the defensive line and how they're able to get pressure without having to bring guys from from the second level, which kind of leads me into a question for you, Chris, which is Texas Tech offensive line. You feel how about them right now? I felt a lot better
2: about them before the season started. I feel like that was one of the big topics of the off season is how improved they were. They were very average last year. There's two new pieces on that offensive line that did not play for, for Texas Tech last year. And that's the center and the left guard, Cole Spencer and, and Rusty Stats, that both came from – Western Kentucky, which they were blocking for Bailey Zappi, where who you know plays for the Patriots now. That's where Zach Kitley kind of really came onto the scene um, as as an OC. And I think those two pieces, you know, we, we expect. And, and you move your starting center Dennis Wilburn from last year to to right guard. So your your middle three are seniors, but they didn't have their best game uh, this past. And I know that's Wyoming's strength. All those defensive linemen returned from Wyoming last year. They have the player of the year in that league on the defensive side of the ball back and all that stuff. But it's the Mountain West, and I don't want to disrespect it, but I, I would have thought you would have been a bit better there. And whether that's on the running backs or, or or the group up front, but you just couldn't get anything going from a run game standpoint. And those guys have to be better. And I thought you – it told me a little bit that you, you, you kind of were – not not as confident in your tackles either because you kept your tight ends in a bit to, to block and you kind of talked about the off season like hey we can send these guys out more we don't need them in to to chip and to block and do these different things because we feel better about our group up front and then on Saturday when when it got going you, you, you saw some of Tech's tight ends start to say you know stay in and kind of help you know uh, help protect a bit so I, I would say the jury's still out I don't know if, if improved that we've seen it yet. I think that's a fair kind of question mark to put next to that group uh, because I think it needed to improve. I don't know if if you're there yet, but maybe they just had a bad game. I guess we can judge it after, after this one for Oregon. I'm curious, what's the, you you mentioned kind of, is there a perceived weakness on offense and you can't say like backup quarterback or anything, but is there a perceived, (laughs) like, what's the, what's the concern or maybe we're not as strong here as we are, everywhere else is there a you know a concern there on on the offensive side at all
1: It, it would be the offensive line but to me it's a minimal concern I don't have any doubts about the unit which granted it was against Portland State they looked the way that we wanted them to really both sides of the ball did for for the Ducks had a couple missed assignments defensively that led to uh, a mobile quarterback busting some runs leading to uh, a touchdown eventually but after that Oregon you know tightened the clamps and didn't allow Portland State to score and um, I, I, I'd i say offensively I mean the running backs are the best in the Pac-12 from a tandem standpoint you've got a preseason off all, all Pac-12 first teamer in Bucky Irving you got a couple of really good backups in Noah Whittington and Jordan James. And then you have a couple talented true freshmen there as well in Jaden Lamar and Dante Dowdell. Uh, for the receivers, Oregon goes probably eight deep with, with guys who I feel good, not just with their production, but also their potential as wideouts at tight end. Patrick Herbert looked really good. He's battled injuries in his career, but he's the number two to Terrence Ferguson, who I think is an NFL tight end. Bo Nix played at a Heisman level before he got hurt at the end of last season, and I, I say all that succinctly to just tell you, in Texas Tech fans, Chris, that the offensive line has undergone changes from last season, which is why it's the biggest question. But it's not even a top three question. I think I have on this team. It might be number four, perhaps, um, behind really each level of the second uh, of of the defense. You know, the front four, the linebackers, and the secondary but there's plenty of talent there. There is experience. Guys are just kind of moved around a little bit, but Marcus Harper was a starter last year. Steven Jones was a starter last year. They started at guard in in the first game. Jackson Powers Johnson is new to the center position. He looked really, really good, has graded exceptionally well. He's actually the highest graded returning interior offensive lineman in all of college football in 2023. He slides over from guard to center. looked really good in game one. And then the two tackles you have, Talent and potential, you just don't have experience at the power five level yet. Johnny Cornelius comes over from Rhode Island, looked very good in week one. Josh Connerly, former number one offensive tackle in the class of 2022, was at the left tackle spot. He looked the way we'd mostly want him to. So there's just a couple of questions there. This is going to be their first real test. And I'd say that, you know, I feel good overall, but not quite as uh, as solidified and confident in you know the rest of Oregon's offensive weaponry, which I think is uh, is really really good, I feel about as confident in that offensive line. Actually, no, I don't feel as confident on offensive line as I do in game time's ability to get you tickets any time that you want. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and with game time, it isn't. I'm not stressing about Oregon's offensive line per se, but I have like, you know, 10% concern. I have 0% concern when it comes to game time. The fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I don't know about you, Chris. I'm a big comedy guy. Big. Big comedy guy. I could talk about, st- we could go on stand-up comics for 30 minutes if we wanted to. Maybe we should start locked on stand-up comedy. Who knows? Anyone you want to see, any group you want to see, Game Time's the place to do it. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, and so much more snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account use code locked on college for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem code locked on college for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Okay, Chris, let's talk about some individual matchups and players that both fan bases should uh, be aware of before we hop out of here. I'll I'll let you start maybe one or two players on each side of the ball that you'd say Oregon fans are going to want to be aware of, whose names are going to be called regularly come Saturday evening in Lubbock.
2: I, I would say, you know, on offense, obviously everybody knows about Tyler Shuck. From a, from a target standpoint, Jerron Bradley is is going to be, you know, he, he had, I think, eight catches for about 90 yards uh, last Saturday. He's the first team All-Big 12 guy. He's about 6'5", 220. Um, he's not game-breaker speed guy, but he's big body. He's He plays physical. He's a former stud high school basketball player. That's, that's I, I think, the main guy for for texas tech but they they have so much back on this side of the ball there's really there's almost zero sophomore freshmen to speak of because these are all juniors and seniors that were on this team last year Taj brooks the running back been a very productive back has led the team in rushing the last two years will probably do that for the third year in a row um did not play his best last week uh but he's clearly senior leader he's great in pass pro all the, the dirty things that a running back is asked to do. Defensively, I, I would say it starts up front. I think there was a lot of lot said and written about the two interior defensive linemen and Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchings. These are one of the best tandems in the Big 12. Uh, I think Jalen Hutchings has a future uh, past this in the NFL. I think he kind of turned down a late-round opportunity to come back um, you know, last year he turned it, turned it down to come back, uh, this year. And then I, I think the new name is Steve Linton. This is a, an edge guy that they brought in here from Syracuse. Uh, Joey Maguire feels like this is a double digit sack guy. He was very active and twitchy and all these things on Saturday, but they'll drop him in him the coverage. He plays the position that Tyree Wilson did last year.
1: Okay. He gotcha. plays
2: the, he plays the position that, You know, I think Kayvon Thibodeau that Tim DeRuiter asked him to do that two years ago. So that's the
1: Joker spot, right?
2: And they call it a star here, but it's exactly right. So
1: I got you on Oregon side, I'd say Troy Franklin at at receiver Receiver. uh, second team, all pack 12 going to be one of the probably five to seven highest drafted receivers in in 2024. Uh, He's Bo Nix's favorite target. Absolutely a go to guy there. I'd say that Bucky Irving is the shiftiest running back they might play all season. He, he's Deuce Vaughn, not quite as explosive or jitter buggy, but a little bit more powerful. You know, Irving, if, if Texas Tech fans want to have a good idea of what makes Bucky Irving a special player, go watch the highlights on YouTube of Oregon against BYU last year. He breaks out some runs where he just dances and and jukes and turns and twists and sheds guys off and he just finds a way to not be brought down and those are I think the linchpins of Oregon's offensive repertoire um I mean Bo Nix of course you know like much like with Tyler Shuck everybody knows Bo Nix everybody's seen him before knows what, what what he can do and such defensively there's a lot of questions on the back end. I don't think we quite know who the big playmakers are, but I look for a tandem of guys up front that that have Oregon fans optimistic about what they can be defensively with the pass rush, which we know they need to do, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Brandon Dorliss, who is a future NFL guy, and Jordan Birch, the former South Carolina Gamecock and one-time five-star recruit coming out of high school. Those two guys together. I think represent a much more formidable front than Oregon was able to put forward uh, a a season ago. So that'll be kind of, I think the big test for the Texas tech offensive line is how can you block both Jordan Birch, uh who are waiting to, you know, explode every single week. Basically, we've only seen him for one game and he, you know, didn't play a ton cuz it was Portland State, but we know what Brandon Dorliss can be and how do those two kind of complement each other? If you, you know, are attracting a lot of attention, does that free up opportunities for other guys to to have a, a one-on-one? And that offensive line you talked about, I think has to know where number 1 Jordan Birch and number 3 Brandon Dorless are at, at all times. But I, I wanted to ask you, Chris, I say Troy Franklin is the number 1 receiver. Everybody knows that. And your answer for how Texas tech is going to cover him would be what? Yeah. You, you
2: bring, you bring back both of your, your starting corners in Malik Dunlap and Rashad Williams, but I'll tell you one of the bright spots, even in the loss and he was all off season was Braylon Lux, who they brought in from Fresno state last year. And Braylon Lux really did a good job against Jordan Addison of USC last year. I think held him to like three or four catches and about 60 yards, but they targeted him a lot in that game. But he came in here in May, and he's just kind of—he's like, I know these two starters are back, but he didn't really ask nicely. He just played really well all off season and in camp, and he started last week uh, for Malik Dunlap, and and Malik Dunlap and Rashad Williams are both six-three corners, and and I think had some NFL draft grade late round, mind you, but they both came back and. And all that. And I think Braylon Lux is an interesting one. So it'll be one of those three guys. But I'm not going to be surprised if Braylon Lux is is kind of the main corner that you hear a lot about based on kind of what I've seen and who played well last week.
1: Let's get out of here on this, Chris, and I'll see if I can kind of wriggle this out of you uh, of sorts, a prediction on, on the game. Um, I know you're not pain. always
2: pain Spencer yeah right tortillas <laughs> will fly I'll predict that
1: yeah. I, I was about to say I'm very much looking forward to what I'm calling the quad T in college football the Texas Tech tortilla toss I think is an excellent way to describe what's what's going to happen for those of you who don't know there's a tradition at Texas Tech where they throw tortillas at, te- at kickoff because well uh, Chris real real quick in like 30 seconds or less why do you throw tortillas on the field in Lubbock? I love it, by the way. It's quintessential college football traditions.
2: Back in the day, I think that Texas Tech was playing Texas A and M. Some announcer popped off and said, "There's the only thing in Lubbock is a is a giant tortilla factory," or something along those lines. And so I think people kind of caught on to it. it. It pissed them off. So at kickoff, they just they 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 let them fly. They freeze them. They cut holes in them so they'll fly further. Um, they used to get penalties with oh they freeze with them oh goodness oh, yeah, so they got it, a little they make a little further. oomph oh yeah like, but they're flour tortillas and yeah, it's only a kickoff though but oh, they, corn's they, better. they go everywhere yeah corn. I, for, from a taco standpoint a thousand percent agree corn not, is the corn corn is much better at, not for throwing them at kickoff
1: okay i yeah. i completely agree uh i i think oregon goes into texas tech and and gets it done i've got oregon winning 34 to 23 your thoughts on the outcome of the game
2: I can't sit here and pick Oregon to win. I just can't do it. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm okay. sorry. I'll say 36-33. Okay. I'll I'll channel my inner Spike Dykes and I'll say you come back, you know, from the grave. You're like the Undertaker that just sits up, oh, like he's still alive, right? <laughs> um, and, and, and I'll say 36-33, and then uh, everybody calms down in and and is like, okay, well, we're one and one out of the gate, but it's not as bad as we thought. But we pull off a good one. But yeah, I'll say 36-33, as long as your field goal kicker makes his kicks which he didn't last week
1: that is chris level of locked on texas tech i'm spencer mclaughlin of locked on ducks chris it's been a pleasure looking forward to the game on saturday night you'll be on the radio broadcast part of the team there uh on the red raiders radio network so good to talk to you and enjoy the game
2: hey spencer man i appreciate it i've enjoyed both of my uh times with you on doing these shows with you, you do a great job I, I hope that it's a great game on saturday this is what it's all about and we'll do it again next year because the Red Raiders
1: are. Had that is exactly right. right.